Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Do you aspire to be in the presence of the Lord? As humans, we try to achieve happiness in the ways of the world. We look for fame, for the applause and the recognition of fellow humans, for likes in our chat and our social media. This gives our brain dopamine, doesn't it? We seek to be loved by what others think and say about us. Besides fame, we look for fortune, enough money to acquire, to purchase, to contribute, to feel respected, to feel loved by what we have. And we also look for safety. We look for protection, for comfort, for security, for certainty and confidence. How many people do you know who achieve all these things and are not happy? We know in the last few years we've seen Tony Robin Williams and Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spades and recently Tony Sie from Zappos, whose worth was $840 million dollars. And they were very unhappy. They killed themselves or they injured themselves or they did drugs, which is a way of injuring yourself. So where do we find happiness? I ask again, do you aspire to be in the presence of the Lord? Our priest says that happiness equals holiness. And we find holiness in being set apart, in being in the presence of the Lord. So with those thoughts in mind, we enter into the readings for today. The first one in Isaiah 48, a few verses, 17 through 19. And there is one again that I find re myself repeating. It says, if you would hearken to my commandments, your prosperity would be like a river. But look what comes before that. I, the Lord, your God, teach you what is good for you and lead you on the way you should go. This is what the people that I just mentioned are missing. They did not know how to abide in the presence of the Lord. And in the presence of the Lord, we know what is good for us. And then there, God leads us in the way that we should go. And it is in that presence that we find our true nature. We find our true self. We find our true identity. And it is from here that we can act in the world in loving ways. We enter then into Psalm 1, which we've read before, the first psalm. And the refrain today says, Those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life, from John 8, 12. Those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life. We might seek the light of life in fame and fortune and safety, and yet we only find it if we abide in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 1 tells us, Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, or walks in the way of sinners, or sits in the company of the insolent, but instead of all of those ways of the world, it's the person who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. Why would we meditate in the law of the Lord? We are faced every day with the decisions to make about everything, about our marriages, about our jobs, 
about our neighbors, about our children, about our finances, about what job to pick. I've had interviews this week with several different jobs, and I have learned so many things about myself and about the marketplace. And I like some things I'm seeing both in myself and in the marketplace, and I don't like other things. So delighting in the law of the Lord is bringing everything in our life. For me right now, these job searches that I'm in, and placing them in front of the altar and asking the Lord to guide me in his ways, to show me where he would like me to go, to show me his way. And then if we do that, we are like a tree planted near running water. We are in the presence of God and he feeds us. And if we remove ourselves from that, we end up like those famous people I mentioned. There, by God's running water, by his grace, we find that our our fruit will be yielded in due season, that our leaves will never fade, and whatever we're doing there will prosper. But it is not so, says the psalm, from the, of the wicked. That will not happen over those that walk in ways that are away from God, because they will not have the light of life. And finally, we come into Matthew 11, where Jesus is talking to the crowd again and says, To whom can I compare you guys? I'll be damned if I do it and damned if I don't, because you did not like John the Baptist. You said, oh my goodness, who is this guy who is possessed? He doesn't eat, he doesn't drink. How can he survive? And you chastise him and criticize him and ridicule him because he's in the desert feeding from locusts and honey. And yet of the Son of Man, you say that he eats and drinks and he's a glutton and a drunkard and he's surrounded by tax collectors and sinners. But look at the last word of the gospel for today. Wisdom is vindicated by her works. When we abide in the presence of the Lord, our works become aligned with that grace, with that fountain. And in that grace and in that fountain, our works become fruitful. From the very beginning, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which means the house of bread, he arrived as meal, as food, as bread. He arrived in that city prophetically, but also metaphorically and poetically because he wants to feed us. He wants to feed our hungers. He wants to feed our needs. He wants to feed the empty voids that we try to feed with fame, with fortune, with safety. And yet in the end, those that have tried end up empty. A lot of what Jesus did in the Gospels is to sit around and eat. He would multiply the bread, didn't he? He multiplied it by a lot because he knew that is the bread that would feed the hunger in the depths of our souls, the Eucharist. And in all of these meals, it was just not for some that were rich or prepared or learned. It was for absolutely everyone. It was for the sick, for the wicked, for the learned and, and the ignorant for absolutely everyone. So Jesus is coming to us knowing that we have a void in the center of our souls, of our hearts, and that our hearts are restless until they rest in him. So we come to God with our prayer for today, and we say, Father Almighty, you who have dared to come and dwell amongst us, and not only that, but you have become our bread, our food. You who nourish us, who can nourish us with your presence, Father, are the one that 
is the deepest longing for our hearts. We ask that you make yourself available in this moment to our families, to our co-workers, to our city, to our country, and that you help us feed the hunger of our souls, Father. We ask that you walk with us, that you forgive us, that you show us the way, and that you remain with us, especially in the moments where we feel lost, where we don't know where we should go, that we may receive you with burning desire this Christmas in the midst of our homes, and that we may be light of the world because you are lighting the center of our being. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.